That's I know. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, let's see if I can figure this thing out. That one? No, not that one. I know. Sorry, Drew. Woo. Okay. Good morning. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. Before we get started, uh, just a few things. Uh, junior church can be dismissed. We'll get that out of the way. Not everybody will run to the door. Mary, you feeling okay today? Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, two things I want to let everybody know about. Uh, one is is uh, Rob and Julie are also doing their Bible study uh, called Staying in Love by Andy Stanley. Uh, we've ordered the materials. If you are interested in going to their Bible study, it's a couple's Bible study. If you're interested, they're going to meet right after service for just a few seconds just to talk about trying to get some times and dates set for whatever works for people that are interested in doing that. So I encourage you to talk to them afterwards if you're interested in doing that Bible study. It's an amazing Bible study. I went through it. Me and uh, Jody went through it uh, at a previous church. Uh, we loved it. Great study. Uh, it's driven off of a DVD. Andy Stanley brings the message. And then, like I said, Rob and Julie will be facilitating it. So that will be a great time. Other thing I want to let you guys know about, I know we're kind of flat today. Like, I'm just honestly, like, we're kind of flat. The energy in here is like, like I don't, I don't know what's going on. Time change, maybe. Uh, I was up till 11.30 last night playing Mario Kart, so I'm a little, like, I'm a little tired. Uh, no, I didn't win, if that's what you're wondering. My daughter beat me. It's okay. I'm not that competitive. But anyways, uh, but here's something that was super exciting. Thursday, Thursday, there was 12 ladies that showed up at the women's connect community group bible study whatever you want to call it i don't know about you but that deserves a round of applause like you think 12 ladies showed up i was so excited uh of course uh my accountability group meets that night and so uh i was texting my wife and i was like hey how's it going you know and she's like good 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 and i was like hey take some pictures if you get a chance and she's like okay if i get a chance she never got a chance so i didn't get to see everybody uh, but afterwards, I got to hear all about 12 ladies, and I think, like, for us, when I look at that, and I know some of you may be thinking, like, well, 12, that's not that much, but for me, like, that's, that's 11 more, that's 11 more than, like, some people may ever expect. Like, we got to take the victories of, there were ladies that don't come to Mariah that showed up to that group, and I thank God for that. I thank God for that, and so I think as a church, we need to, again, get behind that movement and, and you know, help support that movement. If you're a lady, show up. Uh, I can't tell you what they're doing because they don't really let me know all that, but it was fun. It was relaxing. I know the ladies had a great time, so I just want to encourage you, if you're a lady, show up. Like, it's a great, great time, and I know they got more great things planned ahead. Who's ready for today? And it's going to be one of those days. That's cool. That's cool. I'll get you riled up by the end. Uh, so here's the thing. Today's message is all going to be about preparing the way. Now we can all think about uh, what are you preparing the way for? Who are you preparing the way for? And whether we realize it or not, we're preparing the way for somebody at all times. If you're a parent, you're preparing the way for your kids. At work, you're preparing the way for people that are going to succeed you and follow you. 
uh, if you're you know, in the community, people are constantly, you're constantly preparing the way for somebody to follow up behind you. And when we think about life, and I think this is interesting, Dana, is when we go through life, oftentimes we never think about we're preparing the way, though. We just go through life, but we understand that there's life, and then we understand there's death. Somewhere in between there's a journey, but at the end we just know that we're going to die. But we don't think about, hey, we need to prepare the way for somebody else. Especially as parents, I look at that and go, think about it. You're preparing the way for your kids each single step. Every single day matters. And we have to understand this, and we have to understand this as as Christians, as followers of Christ, that we're preparing the way for the next generation. We're preparing the way for the next believers to come through. We're setting the foundation. But sometimes I think we forget that, and sometimes we just go on and we don't think about that. We just think that there's the end goal, and that's all we think about is the end. And so today, of course, we're going to be talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was there to prepare the way for Jesus, right? And so kind of leading up to Easter, I want to kind of, let's take this snapshot of of the days in the life of, of Jesus leading up to the cross. And John the Baptist plays a, a pivotal role in this, not only... Uh, did John the Baptist prepare the way, but we have to also understand that he also fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. And so we're going to go ahead and jump into it. If you want, go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me to Luke. Luke, the first chapter. And we're going to start at verse 8. And because here's the thing is, is John wasn't an ordinary guy. John was not an ordinary guy because even his birth wasn't an ordinary birth. And so uh, Luke, the first chapter, we're going to start in verse 8. And it says, Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, talking about John's dad, Zechariah, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And as they appear, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and he fear and in fear fell upon him. When the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call him John. You will have joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he must be willing to, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many to the children of Israel, to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready for the Lord a prepare the to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I sent to speak to you, to bring to you this good news. And behold, you will be silent until 
unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And so we look at this. We look, here's, here's Zechariah. He goes uh, in his time. All of a sudden, Gabriel appears. He's telling him about his son that he's going to have. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but when I had my kids, no angels appeared to me. It would have been awesome if they did, but they didn't. And he's telling, he's telling Zachariah all these things like, hey, you're going to have a son, and you're going to name him John. And he's going to be blessed, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. And here's what I find interesting of this is he also talks about, uh, for Zechariah, that he should not ever take wine or other fermented drinks. Now, I don't know about you guys that are parents. Raise your hands. We're going to get interactive real quick. Make sure everyone's blood's flowing. Okay, raise your other hand. Thank you, Jason. I was watching you. So, as parents, we have to prepare the way, right? Okay, anybody except Rob? They, okay, we're getting there. Okay, so as parents, we've got to prepare the way. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the things I talk to my kids about is drinking. Right? Like, that's something that you talk to your kids about, or I talk to my kids about, like, hey, you know, here it is. You know, now I look at this and think, you know, here it is. Zachariah is going to have to teach John, like, hey, I need, to, I need to tell you something. I need to teach you something. I need you to grasp this really, really firm. Like, you cannot, you cannot do this. Now, and I just think, like, I don't know about you, but as a parent, sometimes we get that way with our kids, and we think, you cannot, and then sometimes our kids, what do they do? They kind of, like, push the boundaries a little bit, right? No? Nobody else? Okay. We're going to, okay, we're going to get there today, Mariah, I promise you. So, I just think, like, here it is, Zechariah is preparing the way for John the Baptist. Now, here's the thing, is we have to understand that John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. Amen? Thank you. And so in this, we have to prepare the way for our kids. We have to prepare the way for other non-believers. But we also, as parents, have to prepare the way for our kids. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell everybody a secret. Now, I don't know if you guys have, I've probably read, I don't know, multiple, 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 parenting books on how to raise kids and i'm going to tell you the number one secret that i have found through all the books there is no secret hang on for dear life that's the secret you know you just hang on and pray them through it because there is no secret to raising kids and i think sometimes i look back at this and i think you know here's gabriel you know telling zachariah like hey you know here's your son you know here's all these sayings and and Zachariah does like most of us would do. We'd be like, question. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just don't know if you know this or not, but like I'm kind of old. My wife, she's kind of old too. I just don't know how this is going to work. I know you're an angel and all, but, you know, and then Gabriel's like, oh, we're going to play this game. Boop. You're not going to be talking for a while. Have a good day. And so I just think like how preparing the way how powerful it is as a parent and how powerful it is for us so thursday so after the women's uh, group got over uh, we had a friend from mattoon come and and we uh, went out for pizza a bunch of us and we got done we went back to the youth building uh to drop her off at her car and we're just kind of out there chit-chatting about life and uh 
Jen, it's Carl's wife, so we were talking about Carl, you know, how everything's going for Carl and his cancer treatment. And all of a sudden, like, the door opens. And all of a sudden, like, here comes, like, one of the youth group kids. And then here comes, like, six or seven Pathfinder kids that, like, pile out of this house. Kid you not, here's the exact words that come out of their mouth. Hey, the game guy's here. Hey, the guy that plays the games is here. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, and the teacher. Because Jody does the fifth and sixth, so some of them were like, oh, my teacher's here too. And I'm like, yeah. So then, so here's the awesome, they start telling me, hey, you know what game we should play? We should play football next weekend or next Wednesday. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good game. But it's interesting because here they are, they see me out, and they, all of a sudden here they are going, hey, that's the game guy. So I got to spend 10, 15 minutes just, just talking with them and laughing with them and joking with them and having a good time. Because what I'm wanting to do is prepare the way for them. Because one day they're going to leave Pathfinders and they're going to go to youth group. And then one day they're going to leave youth group and they're going to go to a college ministry. And then from college ministry, one day they're going to set in a church. That's our hope, right? And we want them to be able to look back and think, man, somebody prepared the way for me. So John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. So if you would, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Because something that, that I love about John the Baptist is I think out of everybody, he prepared the right way. He prepared the right way. And what I mean by that is if you're training for a marathon, but all you ever do is lift weights, you may not be preparing the right way. You may have the good intentions, but you're not going to be preparing the right way. And I think John the Baptist prepared the right way. So in Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Make his paths straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sin. And all the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached the saying, After me comes the one who is mightier than I. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So we see here it is, John's going out and he's preaching the gospel of, you know, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Quick question. And you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us have ever proclaim that message to somebody that we know right so it's just just an honest question and, and you can answer in your heart but it's an honest question because it's a simple message right it's a simple message that we can have that prepares the way of repent and be baptized now it sounds super simple and it really is but a lot of times what happens is is we think of ourselves as Let's just say we think of ourselves as people that, you know, Jared, that's just not where I'm gifted at. You're the, you're the pastor. You get paid for these things. 
right? Like that's, that, that's the saying, and I, I've heard that saying before, like you, you get paid for those things, right? Like people say that all the time. You get paid for those things. And I'm like, well, yeah, absolutely. I, I get paid for those things, but can I tell you the secret that that, that calling is also on your life too? I'm going to have Rob, like, just, Rob, if you could, like, switch seats, that way, like, comes from a different, like, that way I think, like, but seriously, everybody has that charge. It's not just the pastor's charge. And as a, as a, as a church, as a body of believers, like, we have to, we have to grasp this, we have to get a hold of this. Because if you think, like, I'm going to invite my friend Johnny, and I'm going to drag him out to Mariah, and then I'm going to put him in a seat and go, hey, watch, watch this guy, watch this guy, watch, watch what this guy has to say. No. Because Johnny doesn't know me. And yeah, there might be a time when he shows up and the Holy Spirit works absolutely 110%, but here's the thing, is when you leave here, that's when the conversation will start. Because you know Johnny, and Johnny knows you, and you have a relationship with him, so you have built up credibility with him to be able to speak into his life. You're preparing the way. See, here's the thing, is, is John's mission is pretty simple. Like He goes out, he preaches, he uh, preaches, you know, confess your sins, repent for your sins, come back and be baptized. Like, I understand that John has a goal, a job, and he he executes his job but he also tells people hey guess what guess what i want you to confess i want you to repent from your sins i want you to be baptized but i want to tell you a secret that there is somebody even mightier coming after me as a church we have to understand that not only do we have to prepare people for jesus we have to prepare them for guess what jesus is coming back jesus is coming back Jesus is coming back. And there's only two choices. And I know this is I know this is a harsh reality. But we better get a hold of this. There's a harsh reality when Jesus comes back, there's only two choices. Heaven and hell. And here's the thing, is oftentimes we don't want to tell people, I hate to tell you, I hate to break it to you, but hell is where you're going. Now let me tell you, that's not an attractive message. That's not an attractive message when you go out and go, hey, hey, I just want to, I want to talk to you about Jesus today and I want you to understand that if you don't accept Jesus and he happens to come back tomorrow, you're going to hell. And I get that. Like, I understand that, and I get that, but here's the thing, is the gospel is not all rainbows and kittens. Because what we've done is we've, we've, when we've prepared the way, what's happened somewhere along the journey, sometimes we take out the wrath of God. We talk about the grace, and we talk about the loving God, but we don't talk about the wrath of God. And so sometimes we say, hey, why don't you come to church? And they say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm okay, good. And we just kind of go, oh, okay. But if we said, okay, hey, tomorrow Jesus is coming back, how much harder would we try to get those people? Like, we would try harder, right? Because we love those people, because we want them to experience life, eternal life with Jesus, right? Like, we want them to experience that. Maybe not. Maybe not. 
Maybe not. Maybe, maybe today we're just not into it today. Maybe that's the case. Maybe if Jesus came back tomorrow, he'd be like, well, man, you guys you really showed up yesterday. So, But we have to get this. And I, again, I understand it's not an attractive message, and I understand that it's a hard thing to grasp and to swallow. Trust me. It is not a, a uh, that's not something you want to put on, uh, you know, that is not a conversion of a billboard of like, hey, like, Repent or go to hell. It's, it may be true, but it's not an attractive message. But when you build a relationship with somebody, that's when you can speak into their life and say, hey, honestly, there's only two places. And that's heaven and hell. And so John had this, hey, repent. And he talks about that in Matthew. If you want to turn with me uh, to Matthew chapter 3 and uh Basically, you say the same thing as, as it was in Mark, but there's one thing that he says that absolutely I love, and it is in verse 10. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 10, says this. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Because we have to, I understand it's time change weekend and everyone's kind of draggy. I kind of get that. Jared, you're right. Like, it's just kind of flat. But we have to understand, like, here it is. Like, I love that in verse 10 because it's a warning to everyone. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down. Now, basically what it's saying is this is the warning to people. Like, hey, if you're not bearing good fruit, Jesus is coming back. Jesus, in, in this context, he's saying, hey, Jesus is coming. The wrath of God is coming. The, the axe is at the root. Like, if you're not bearing good fruit, you're going to get cut down and thrown into the fire. Again, not an attractive message, but it's a truthful message. And as long as we sit on our hands and go, well, I, don't, I, just, I just want people to like me. I just want people to like me. People hated Jesus. Do we, do we get that? Like, people hated Jesus. Like, people hated John the Baptist. Do we, do we all know what happened to John the Baptist? Got his head cut off, put on a platter, delivered. Like, that's not a, again, not an attractive message. Like, hey, come follow me, get your head cut off. I'll put it on a platter and it'll be served. Like, that's not, but we have to understand that as, as, as followers of Christ, our mission isn't to be well-liked. It isn't to be like, hey, you guys are the fun people. You guys are the ones that everybody loves. No, 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 no. Because when we speak truth, when we prepare the way, sometimes it's not always a nice message, right? And so in verse 10, I just love that even now the axe is laid at the root of the tree because it's just saying, warning, hey guys, like it's coming. Like sometimes we act like the, the return of Jesus is so far away, but the reality is it's coming sooner and sooner each day that passes. And we can act like, well, you know what? Uh, hear me out, because I've said this to people. Well, you know what? My, my grandma, she said the same thing, and I'm sure her grandma before her said the same thing. And we just keep like, it will eventually, oh, you know, not in my generation, not in my generation, not in my generation. There's going to be a generation that one day goes, whoops, I was wrong. 
right? Like that's, it's going to happen. Whoops, we were wrong. And then we get to be, you know, called in front of Jesus and he's going to say, hey, so you know those 20 years I gave you, what did you do with those 20 years? Those 30 years, those 40 years, those 50 years, those 60 years, those 70 years I gave you, what did you do? Did you prepare the way? So last thing I want to hit on is uh, in Matthew, is chapter 11. We're going to kind of wind down. Everyone's kind of like, okay, bald guy, shut up, let's go. Matthew chapter 11. So here's the thing, let me ask an honest question real quick. How many of you have ever been confused by God? Okay, some of us. Thank you, Harold, I was waiting on you, I was like, Come on, Harold. You've been gone this long, and now I haven't got to pick on you, but now I get to pick on you, at least for one Sunday. So, I mean, and this is the thing is, uh, I've read this several times before, and, I, and I've studied it, and I, and I love this. So Matthew chapter 11 says, When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went, out, he went on from there to teach and preach in the cities. Now, when John heard, John's in prison, about ready to be beheaded, but that's a little bit later. When John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind have received sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf can hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Verse 3, and he said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? So we're talking about being prepared, and preparing the way for others. Sometimes what happens is, is, Things happen in our lives or things happen around us and we get a little confused, right? Okay. And here's John, he's in prison. And he knows who Jesus is. He talks about, you know, Jesus. And even when Jesus came down to be baptized, he was like, whoa, like, no, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus is like, no, we got to fulfill all the prophecy. Like, no, you're going to baptize me, you know, baptize him and so John knows who Jesus is. And sometimes we look at this and we think, oh, well, look, like John's faith is, is doubting all of a sudden because now he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa should we, is it really you or should we expect somebody else? And this is more in the context of he's a little bit confused. Because here he is in prison and he's going, hey, uh, this is the new Jarrett version, the NJV version of the Bible. He said, well, he's like, hey, hey, Jesus, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm in prison. And I really didn't expect things to kind of turn out this way. Like, I understand you're the Messiah, and like, you're not being received too well, and you're not being treated too well. So I don't know if I'm confused here what's going on, but like, if you could help a brother out because like, I'm in prison, and this isn't quite how I thought life would be when you got here. Now... For me, that was me after I got baptized. Like, I thought, like, man, everything's going to be great. And then, like, the next day I was like, hey, Jesus, I don't know if that took or not. Maybe we should redo that. Can we, like, do a redo of the baptism? Because, like, I felt really good that day, but now, like, the next day, life isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. 
like all those troubles that I had, they're still there. And like I really thought like those would all be wiped away and like all those temptations that I dealt with, they're still there. And I think in preparing the way, sometimes we get confused too. Because we think like, I'm doing God's will. Like, I, I am doing my best to live my life for Christ. But things aren't quite what I thought they were going to be. Maybe, maybe in your life you're like, you know, my marriage that I thought was going to be awesome and rocking isn't rocking so much anymore. And now instead of rocking, it's kind of just like sleeping. Or like maybe my bank account, like God, like, you know, I'm struggling over here. And like, I really thought like once I started following you, like I wasn't going to have any money problems at all. And now all of a sudden, like I'm having trouble paying my mortgage. And I don't know about you, Jesus, but like I'm a little confused on how this all works. And here's John in prison going, hey, uh, Jesus, I'm just kind of confused. Is it? Is it really you or should we expect somebody else to come and do this? And the thing I love is because it shows John's heart at this point. Because how many of us have been in a bad situation and we go, hey God, I'm, I'm a little lost. I mean, some of us in this room have lost loved ones that are very near and dear to our heart that was very unexpected. Some of us in this room have had to deal with uh, cancer diagnosis. Some of us in this room have had to you know, deal with bankruptcy. Some of us in this room have had to deal with divorce and all these things. And sometimes we're like, you know, God, like, I'm just a little confused here. I'm a little confused here. And the thing is, it, wasn't, it isn't the lack of faith. It's just an honest conversation of John saying, I'm confused. And in preparing the way, we're going to hit those road bumps. Here's the thing is, the reason that John was in prison was because he stuck to preaching about Jesus. Speaking against the king. Even when we're confused, can I just give you a little bit of encouragement that? Stick to Jesus. Oh man, I should just preach the whole message on that. Man, I should, we're going to rewind that. Dalton, shut the recording off. We're going to go back. We're going to start again. Hope no one has breakfast or any other plans for lunch. We're going to start again. But that it really is like we have to stick to Jesus. And I know as we, as we approach Easter, as we approach Easter, we know, we know the outcome, right? But here's the thing is, I truly believe this. In this room right now, is the Holy Spirit. And there's times that we can totally shut shut the Holy Spirit off. We can. We can just, our hearts are closed. We don't want to do it. We're just, just closed off. The key is, is even when, even when we're down, even when we're tired, even when we're just like, oh, I don't know about today, the key is we got to walk through those doors with an open heart and say, okay, God, I'm here. Use me. Because whether we realize it or not, the kids that are here, 
are looking at all of us. How do you worship? How do you pray? How do you love each other? That's what they're looking at. Because what they get, that's their view of like, oh, so when they get older, they're going to look at us of how we worship and they're going to go, that's how you worship. That's how you worship. They're going to see prayer at the altar and they're going to go, okay, so when I have something heavy on my heart, like I know I can go to the altar and I can pray. When they see one of us sick or they see one of us broken and they see our tears and they see us gather around each other and pray for each other, they say, oh, that's what that's about. See, as a church, we're going to prepare the way. We're going to prepare the way. And here's, here's something I want us to pray about. So this last week, uh, some of you know, uh, last week, uh, Jimmy went to pick up a, a, a little kid. I'm not going to mention his name. I went to pick up a little kid. Uh, Denny went to pick him up today, but I think he was by sleeping. That time change by threw him off. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's what I want us to pray about as a, as a body of believers. Are you guys ready for this? No, apparently not. You guys want it? So here's the thing. I talked to Jimmy, and he said, you know, we've talked many years about running a bus ministry on Sunday mornings. We've talked many years about this. And I said, okay. And he said, but what my thought is, and this is, this is from Jimmy, he goes, what if we had a group of volunteers that said, instead of running a bus ministry, we went and we picked them up in our cars with, in groups of two, so that way, you know, there's, there's, you know, accountability there. And here's why. When Jimmy took that little boy home and when he picked him up and when he took him home, he goes, I learned more about that little boy in the five minutes I had him in my truck than I have learned about him in years of picking him up on the bus. Because when they get on the bus, it's get in the bus, go sit down. But when he was in my truck, he goes, I got to talk to him. I learned about his mom. I learned about his dad. I learned about what he likes to do for fun. I said, you know what? I said, I think that might be it. So I want us as a body, remember I told you when I first started, like, hey, if we're going to change something major, like, I want us to pray about it, and that's it. I want us to pray about, maybe instead of a bus ministry, we run a car ministry, I guess you could call it, that we go and pick up kids in the community, and we bring them out here. And the reason we do it in cars and not a bus is because we want to build Relationships, we're good. We want to build relationships. Because when those kids come through those doors, and let's say one day they have just a horrible week, maybe they get the news that their mom and dad are going to get a divorce. When they walk through those doors, I want them to know, hey, when I walk through these doors, those people at Mariah, they care about me. They care about me. Here's the thing, is we can hear some of the kids now, right? That is a great sound. And us as a church, we should be proud of that sound. That there are kids in our, inside these four walls, in our building, that are having fun right now. All while learning about Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I... God, I just thank you. 
God, I thank you for the times that, uh, that we're tired. I thank you for the times that, that, God, that maybe things don't seem like it's 100%. But God, here's the thing, is it doesn't, doesn't matter whether I'm 100%, it doesn't matter if the worship band's 100%, it doesn't matter if us in the congregation are 100%. God, because you are 100%. God, your Holy Spirit is here. God, because that is what your Scripture promises us. And that, God, if we get nothing else out of anything in this building, God, may we get your Spirit. May you refill us. Maybe you restore us. God, because you love us, God, because you have given us a commandment and a mission, God, to love those in our community, to preach the gospel of repent and be baptized. God, may not only we preach that, God, may we live that in our everyday actions. God, as we take one step closer to Easter of the death of Your Son, Jesus, God, may we remember, may we rejoice that, God, it did not end with the death on the cross. Because there was a resurrection. There was a resurrection, God. And just like us, God, may we be dead in our sins, God, but may we we be anew through You. God, we love you, and God, if there's something heavy on hearts this morning, God, the altars are always open. God, may we just pause and rejoice in just your love and your passion for us. Amen.